The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a beautiful day yet again here in the Auburn Opelika area. I'm Jacob Goins along with Carter Bird here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I am here again in the studio. I had just about 30 minutes on yesterday's show. I had to get over to uh, Lee Scott Academy and call Lee Scott Baseball on a beautiful afternoon at was yesterday. Uh, Warriors get a nice win over Valiant Cross. They're on the road today for a doubleheader against an area opponent, Valiant Cross. Carter, uh, you obviously carried the weight yesterday, and I appreciate you doing that. But uh, today, we have even more help in the studio as Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 back joining us here on On the Line. Christian, it's good to have you in here, man. I missed you the first time because I was doing Lee Scott Baseball, but I think you have a few more updates this time around. Yeah, definitely have a lot more updates after this weekend. Um, and, you know, I told you I had to get back as quickly as possible once I could get in the studio with you again. Um, and so you guys pulled me in here for a little bit, going to the driving range right after this. Excited for that. Oh, <laughs> that's why the golf polo is being worn today. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Well, you got to get out there when the weather's like it is, especially, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, Carter, with the rain that we've had, you got to take advantage of a day like this. And I think it's coming back on Thursday, too. Stop, Christian. Is it going to be here on Saturday? That's the question. Because every I have a long, long theory here for for 2023 that every midweek, like middle of the week, it's so sunny, so warm, so nice, and every weekend it's freezing cold or rainy as can be. Yeah, this past Saturday was pretty brutal. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, and there was a lot going on this past Saturday that uh, was affected by that weather. And we're going to talk all things Auburn football A-Day. We'll talk recruiting. Of course, Christian Clemente, uh, the recruiting guru from Auburn 247. We'll get all the information you need to know about what happened this weekend with A-Day, who was here, who wasn't here, how did the trips go, even in the pouring down rain and the freezing cold temperatures. Most guys showed up, and it was a very, very good showing for the recruiting trail for Auburn football. Also, some Auburn back basketball stuff we can talk about as well so Christian you are with us for all of our number one we appreciate you stopping by and as always with Christian being in the studio phone lines are open you can give us a call question comment concern for us or for Christian we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 you can also tweet at us at ESPN 1067 comments questions concerns there as well we'd love to hear from you on Twitter but Christian let's jump into to this a little bit because Saturday was a huge day and sure they didn't get a lot of great football in given the weather we'll talk about what we saw from a day and the results on the field but the bigger story in my opinion was who was not on the field but who was on the sidelines who was on campus who was in the football facility the recruits that were here on Saturday just a massive list for Hugh Freeze yeah absolutely I mean you don't really ever take anything away from a spring game quote unquote because 
There's not a whole lot happening there anyway. Um, definitely don't when it's pouring rain and it's cold out. And you definitely don't take a lot away from it when it's a huge recruiting weekend with a bunch of five stars on campus. And, you know, I might be biased because I'm a recruiting reporter, but the recruiting was the biggest storyline this weekend, in my Absolutely. opinion. Um, just getting, you know, all spring long, um, even dating back to January before they were practicing, we saw Auburn get all of these kids on campus, whether it was junior day for a spring practice, whatever. And pretty much every time they visited, a majority of the kids, you know, if they were from within the area, uh, Alabama, Georgia, a little bit of Florida as well, they said, look, I'm going to be back or I'm going to try to be back for a day. They weren't lying. Just about everybody yep. was pretty much back. Um, I mean, you had – let's go down the list. You had five-star safety, K.J. Bolden, the number four overall player in the class. He was back. Huge return visit just to get him back on campus. Um, and now Auburn – we'll go more in-depth on him, I'm sure, but now it seems like Auburn will get an official visit from him, which is huge. Uh, Perry Thompson, big eye catcher there. The five-star Alabama wide receiver commit from Foley. Um, Auburn's been working on him pretty heavily. And Walker White was there. This was his first chance. They've been, you know, talking back and forth, and Walker's been recruiting him. But this was his first chance to really meet him in person. Um, you know, I saw Walker on Friday because they got in early. Um, he came down with a couple of other four stars from Arkansas as well in Charlie Collins, a defensive lineman, and Courtney Crutchfield, a uh, defensive back. But saw Walker on Friday and then saw him again on Saturday um, at the stadium. And, you know, he comes over and says, what's up? And then very next thing he says, is, hey, where's Perry Thompson? Wow. <laughs> where's he at? <laughs> love it. Um, he was trying to track him down and trying love to it. find I him. I love so. He just seems to have a just 100% one-track mind of I'm building this class 24-7. I mean, he's tweeting at guys in Spanish today uh, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> well, I tweeted yesterday uh, when Walker was was tweeting at four or five different guys. I said, this is the best recruiter on Auburn staff. Sorry, Hugh Freeze. Like, this guy <laughs> is it, man. Walker White, more than anybody. I've ever seen what about you Kristen of Walker White just the the constant recruiting for a guy that's committed not even officially on campus yet and is there a chance that with some of these guys he comes off a little strong on Twitter <laughs> very very fair question um I think you'd have to look at Damari Alston a couple of years ago too um considering how bad that class was and for how long and how he just kept working but I think you've definitely seen even more from Walker White um, and, you know, you talked about, I mean, you joke saying he's the best recruiter on staff. Honestly, he's a great recruiter that Auburn can use and they are using. You know, he's he knows who he needs to be tweeting at. He knows who he needs to be texting and hitting up. Those names aren't coincidences. Um, and there's no rules or regulations surrounding right. how often he can talk with a player, how often he can text them or whatever it may be. You know, even in the 2025 class, obviously, they're just they're kids. It, there's no rules or regulations against that. Right. That's what I was going to so, say. Is it, uh, That's fair game. That is free recruiting for Auburn right now. Yeah, exactly. So for Auburn, it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, it's great to have him fully bought in. And you could say the same for all of Auburn's commitments, to be honest. Um, they're not all necessarily as vocal on social media as Walker White is. Um, but Jamari and Fat Burnett has been that way. He was that way with Kevin Riley um, when he committed. And even on Saturday, they were both there on campus, and he was recruiting him a little bit. Um, Jaden Lewis has been recruiting. Um, Amon Lane has been recruiting since he committed last year at Big Cat Weekends. Same could be said for Malik Autry, the 2025 commit. He's kind of taking it personally, like, hey, I'm going to go get a bunch of 2025s with me. Like, let's start building up that class already. Um, so he's been hitting them up and talking to them. So the way I put it, I think, in a story was – it's been a very mature approach out of Auburn's commitments so far. 
to the point where they're returning for visits and it's not about them. It's not about, hey, you know, I want to have a good visit. I want these coaches to show me a bunch of love and make sure, you know, that I'm wanted and that I'm needed here. It's, hey, I'm here to work. I don't want the coaches to show me attention because I want them showing attention to other people, to other recruits, um, and I want to be doing the same and recruiting them as well. So I guess I have, when you look at the commits, and I'm thinking specifically about Malik Autry, obviously getting a high-level quarterback, a blue-chip quarterback, somebody who can move the needle, be a lightning rod, can be the centerpiece of a class. If you don't have that yet, is the next best thing a local guy like Autry? It, it, is, would that be the, the next best building block to start a class with? Yeah, I think so um, because – he can be at Auburn a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want him to be at Auburn for a big visit weekend, he can drive about 15 minutes down the road and be there. Um, and obviously, this is going to be Auburn's area kind of recruiting footprint, especially under Hugh Freeze. He's made a big push um, to keep guys in state. Um, I think it was Mario Craver, the slot wide receiver out of Clay Chalkville, who said that you know Hugh Freeze told him it's an even bigger deal that he is in state um, and that. I think the quote was he wants to protect the borders um, and he doesn't want these kids leaving the state um, and he wants them coming to Auburn. So definitely having a local guy as the first commit in the 2025 class is, yeah, you're right, Carter. It's the next best thing. Well, A-Day was just such a big day for Auburn football recruiting. You started to talk about the guys that were here, nine total five stars between 2024 and in 2025 that were slated to be here I mean just the biggest names from the state and some of the biggest names in this area were on campus continue telling our listeners who maybe didn't know about those big names and the impact that they had and was left on them from a day and them being on campus this weekend yeah no this was not Auburn's last chance but this is Auburn's one of Auburn's final chances to you know start to secure some of those official visits um, which will happen some this summer some in the fall some all the way to December as well. It depends on when the kids want to actually take their officials. But Tell us and the listeners why, and to not to jump in on you, but why securing those official visits are so important because they're limited. Yes, exactly. The kids, you know, the school only gets so many officials. It's like 56 or something like that, I want to say. And they're say. finally back to full capacity on those after Brian Harson left them like three right or something he oh, left them such a tiny amount yeah. and then Hugh Freeze got yeah, on when campus. the staff took over they didn't have like any left for the cycle but because of coat they got lucky because of a coaching change they got some official visits got um, in like December and if there is a coaching change then you can bring in all the recruits who have already officially visited um, and it doesn't count against them or the school but for this cycle obviously it's a clean slate uh, with the new coaching staff and so um Jacob like you just mentioned it you know I, th- I think the number is 56 it's somewhere in the 50s I don't remember exactly so a school only gets a limited amount so if a school is hosting the kid on an official visit they're clearly pretty high up on the board um, at their respective position and then the kids only get five apiece so if you get one of the kids official visits you know even if he says he doesn't have a top five or whatever you're unofficially in his top five because I mean that's pretty much the way it goes. There, there has <laughs> My process to, of elimination, yes, yeah. There, there has to be mutual interest there between the two parties um, for a kid to actually take an official and for the school to actually offer that official visit to the kids. So, you know, that's it's big. And for Auburn, specifically in this 2024 class, you know, they're making headway in a pretty positive mark. But, you know, we've talked about it, I think, before on this show. Auburn's technically behind in this class um, because that's just the way recruiting works now. Recruiting is pretty much at minimum a two-year cycle 
um, for most of the kids. For kids like KJ Bolden, who I just mentioned, it's been like a three or a four year mm. cycle already. Um, and you know, now Auburn is really trying to play catch up with him and these other guys. But A Day was kind of Auburn's chance to really make one more impact. You know, most of these kids had already visited already this spring. Um, so this was a chance to have another positive impact. Um, we talked with a lot of the top guys afterwards, and the consensus was uh, the top guys were telling us, you know, before the game, they pulled a group of them into, the, I think, the locker room or the Heisman room right there by the locker room, and they had a meeting with Coach Freeze. Obviously, these guys spent a lot of time with their position coaches as well, um, but they had a meeting with Coach Freeze, and kind of th- that was their big opportunity to meet with Freeze and get kind of a pitch from him on, you know, why they should come to Auburn, why they should come back, whatever it may be. What are guys saying? You talked about that consensus. You know, everybody seems to be sort of on that same page when when these guys are coming to visit Auburn and the facilities and Code Freeze and whoever their position coach may be. But what are guys saying? What they say after a day uh, about their trip? Obviously, uh, the rain and the weather could have held a lot of these guys up and could have, uh, not to uh, have a pun here, but to dampen their their trip down to Auburn. But what were what were these guys saying? Because you, more than just about anybody, talk to these kids all the time. You talk to them immediately when they leave. I mean, what, what were these guys saying once they left Auburn on Saturday after A-Day? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of positive things, just like it has been over the past couple of months. There's certainly kind of like is it john rothstein that says there's palpable buzz yeah there's certainly kind of that around the auburn program right now and that's the biggest thing you know philip dukes who works with us um, at auburn undercover the way he says it and the way he explains it specifically in the atlanta area because that's where he's based out of is you know if a kid visits and has a lot of good things to say word starts to get out around atlanta a little bit like you know what do they have going on at auburn like i want to go down to auburn i want to see what it's about what's this new facility i'm hearing about like i want to go see that like what's this oh coach freeze is like hitting you up all the time or like he's really cool like what's cool about him like I want to go meet with him like I want to see what that's about um and that's kind of how Auburn's been able to pick up some steam this spring is just get in a bunch of top guys on campus and getting them back and you know every single time after the visit there's a lot of positive things to say about Auburn a lot of positive things to say about the position coaches a lot of positive things to say about Hugh Freeze um and you know a lot of these top guys are saying that Hugh Freeze is the head coach they talk with the most. Cam Coleman, the five-star wide receiver from Central Phoenix City, who is, the way I've been describing it, is him and Perry Thompson are pretty much 1A, 1B on the wide receiver board, in my opinion. Um, and you know, Cam Coleman has said multiple times that Hugh Freeze is the head coach that recruits him the hardest. Wow. Um, and you know, a lot of these guys have the same sentiment. Sterling Dixon, the four-star Alabama linebacker commit from Mobile Christian, says he hears from you know Hugh Freeze as a head coach more than he hears from Nick Saban, um, and he's committed to Alabama. So hmm. that's interesting. Wow, how about that? Well, isn't that for all of our listeners, right? For everybody that's hearing this, whether you're live or on the podcast or wherever you may be hearing this. Isn't it refreshing to hear these types of things about Auburn football recruiting? Isn't it nice to hear that the head coach is reaching out and talking to guys and bringing them on campus for a day and and actually knows their names and who they are on a consistent basis? Isn't that refreshing to hear? It is for me, and I hope it is for you as well. We're talking with Christian Clemente of Auburn Undercover. When we come back, I want to talk to you about 
what the difference truly is because we knew coming in that Hugh Freeze was going to hit the recruiting trail hard and buddy has he ever but I want to talk to Christian about that and what the difference truly is between what we saw in the past and what's happening here on the Plains right now we'll be right back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line You are on the line on ESPN 1067 Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Back inside the studio at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We're joined by Christian Clemente of Auburn Undercover, our uh, recruiting guru. I I have tagged you with that. I hope you're okay <laughs> with that. And, and if you put that in your social media bio or your uh, resume or whatever, that's totally fine. Just give me my credit when you do that. <laughs> but uh, no, man, you are you're one of the best in the game when it comes to covering recruiting and, and a busy time for you right now with Auburn football recruiting, talking about A-Day and just how big of a recruiting list that it was for Hugh Freeze and this staff. And before we went to break, I just I, I, I asked the the listenership to just take a sigh of, of relief on how refreshing it truly is on what's happening with recruiting right now that we can sit here, Christian, and actually talk about recruiting because this time last year, brother, you and I really didn't have a whole lot to talk about. And so we have some things to talk about this year. Yeah, I remember even dating back to Noah being on the show, his you know, his reference was always the traffic light of recruiting um are we at a green light yellow light or red light um and to be nice i was always kind of putting it on yellow but teetering on red i don't think it ever reached green at any point during the brian harson era no um and so this has definitely been a breath of fresh air i think for fans um and definitely for us you know it's been a lot easier to cover because there's more to cover there's actual recruiting to cover um and that's the biggest thing you know for us that i would say is just when the fans are fully bought into it, that's when it's the most fun for us because if right. we're just writing stories and the fans aren't bought in and they're not commenting, they're not you know, having a discussion about it, whatever it may be, um, it's just not overly enjoyable but it's been very enjoyable yeah well i mean just from from all of our perspective of being in the media of this market it's tough to talk about stuff when there's nothing to talk about right it's tough to write an article if there's no content to put into it it's tough to sit behind the microphone for two hours and talk about it if there's nothing to talk about and that's where we were a year ago right i mean that's where we were a year ago but that is not the case anymore and so christian that gets me into uh, the point that i wanted to bring up what is truly the difference? And there's more than one, I'm sure. But just the difference from what we've seen in the past with Brian Harson, even into the Gus Malzahn era, versus what we are seeing right now with Hugh Freeze. Because no, the commitment list may not be the biggest and best thing you've ever seen. I think it's coming. But just the guys that are interested in Auburn and coming to campus and at least checking this place out, it's unbelievable. So what is, in your mind, the biggest difference or differences from what's happening right now with Hugh Freeze versus what we've seen over the past 10-plus years here. Yeah, I think the first thing, the very first thing that you can point to is a top-down recruiting strategy, um, and that's something that I hit on you know, when the change happened and issues that Auburn had was just, you know, even dating back to Gus Malzahn's era, he didn't get involved as much as a head coach probably should, or at least he wouldn't until the end. Hugh Freeze is heavily involved right away right now, um, and that's He's like why almost the first guy for, some, for yeah, some people. Yeah, and that's why you're hearing a lot of these guys saying, um, you know, that Hugh Freeze is the head coach they talk with the most. Usually the head coach is the closer. They come in at the end in November, December, whatever, and seal the deal. 
Um, and that's with an in-home visit. And obviously Hugh Freeze can't do that now. But before that point, they don't hear from the head coach all that much, maybe you know, once every two weeks, once a month or something like that. Hugh Freeze is recruiting his tail off, and we've heard it from the assistant coaches as well. Um, I think it might have been – I don't remember who it was. It might have been Coach Crime or Zach or somebody like that said, look, if you know, he's just wandering down the hallways sometimes, like asking anybody got anybody on the phone, like let's FaceTime somebody, like let's get something rolling. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, and it's just – that's the biggest thing. I think without a doubt that is the biggest change is it's a top-down recruiting strategy where – Hugh Freeze, as the head coach, is aggressively recruiting compared to Gus Malzahn did it at some points, and Brian Harson never really did it and didn't really buy into that strategy. So it's been almost a complete shift. Yeah, it's um, a 180. And, yes. I yeah. mean, that, that that story about anybody got anybody on FaceTime, like talk to people. I mean, I've heard stories about like if you weren't with the other coaches talking football and talking scheme and stuff, you got chewed out by the – the some of the people in the last coaching staff so that's a literal 180 it's like they were all all about football and scheme and coaching you up that was their mindset which wasn't even that good anyway which wasn't even that good anyway you're right but what to what that story tells me about Hugh Freeze is that's a guy that actually enjoys recruiting like he enjoys it and he knows how to do it and that's how you have to be to be successful in the sec yeah um and that's actually the exact quote that steve wiltfon said um, on our message board the other day he's like look this is a staff as a whole led by a head coach that all enjoys recruiting um and you know there's a mix of a lot of these um assistant coaches or younger guys that are kind of willing to not willing but they're eager to kind of make their mark a little bit this is their chance to kind of start laying down some foundations and some pipelines and stuff for them. Um, so they're pretty hungry. You've got veterans and crime and the coordinators, um, but they're still pretty aggressive as well. And they already have some of those connections, but that's exactly what Wilt Fon said. He said, look, this is a staff that enjoys recruiting. Um, and to the credit of the past couple of years, I think they've had pretty good staffers, assistant coaches that recruit pretty well. But when you don't recruit at the top, when your head coach, when your coordinators aren't recruiting, you can only carry them so far. Yeah, it just baffles me that you were talking about how in a lot of programs and a lot of teams around the country, the head coach is really like that closer who comes in to to finally get the get the paper signed, right? And it, it really blows my mind that this strategy by Hugh Freeze is not more common where the head coach is involved early and often because if you're a high school recruit, if you're a 17, 18-year-old, Yes, you want to hear from that position coach, and that's going to be the guy that contacts you the most, but how cool is it when the head coach of Auburn University reaches out and says, hey, hope you're doing well, you know, or whatever they say, but the head coach, the main guy, top dog, is the one that reaches out to you and is truly interested in you and how you're doing, how school's going, how football's going, how practices are, like, that is huge for an 18, 17-year-old kid who's being recruited, and it really blows my mind that this strategy is not more common in college football, but think about it this way too, guys. If Christian, or sorry, if Hugh Freeze, I was looking at you when I said that. If Hugh Freeze or a head coach reaches out to a kid early and often and is throughout the entire recruiting process is constantly talking to them and constantly in contact with this kid, if he finally does commit to Auburn, think about the head start that the coach 
and the player have when he comes to campus. You don't have to learn who he is. You don't have to figure out his mm-hmm. his likes and dislikes. Like Those are all the personal things that you've been learning throughout this entire process of recruiting, and that is what Hugh Freeze enjoys so much, and I think that's what leads to being more successful down the road in a program. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything to add to that. I would agree with that completely. Like, um, I guess to your first point about why more coaches don't do it, look, Hugh Freeze has put in a lot of work. Like, this is a lot for a head coach to be doing. Oh, no doubt. Um, But the reason he feels comfortable doing it is because um, the coordinators that he hired, he feels really comfortable with those guys. Same with the assistant coaches. So he feels like he can delegate more of the coaching role um, to some of these other guys, and he can pass that off a little bit more. So he can focus on recruiting a little bit more than a head coach usually would. And to go directly in line with that, the the limited media practice viewings that we got, what was Hugh Freeze doing the entire time? He was recruiting. We saw him Bingo. with recruits, and he, we even, um, you know, a, an assistant coach said, "Look, if a kid facetimes during practice, they'll they'll answer the facetime and they'll wander him around practice and show him kind of what's happening." Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that's just so different. You don't see other coaches doing that, and I think. You brought up a great point with his coordinators. His coordinators are really great with scheme, but they've also they've been head coaches that can kind of help handle some of those responsibilities and then kind of be the head coach for each side of the ball, I think, in my opinion. And that frees Hugh Freeze up to be this frontline recruiter type of head coach no doubt about it we'll talk more recruiting with christian clemente of auburn undercover when we come back plus auburn basketball picked up a huge commit out of the portal this weekend we'll talk about all that when we come back you are on the line with jacob goertz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back of Jacob Goins with Carter Bird, Christian Clemente joining us in the studio from Auburn 247 and Auburn Undercover, the recruiting guru himself, talking all things Auburn football recruiting with Auburn A-Day that took place this weekend. Just a massive list, one of the biggest ones we've seen in a long time for Auburn football in just one weekend. Nine five stars, tons of four stars, uh, some three stars in there as well from 2024 and 2025 and we've been talking about the guys that were here and what the difference truly has been with Hugh Freeze versus what we've seen over the past 10 to 12 years when it comes to recruiting at Auburn and it boils down to the guy enjoys doing it and when you enjoy doing something you're going to be better at it that's just that's just a fact I mean it it goes with anything in life if you enjoy doing what you do you're going to be more successful at it so that's what we've seen so far from Hugh Freeze but let's talk about the game itself just a little bit from a day not that there was a whole lot to be seen because a it's a spring game and Hugh Freeze has already talked about and led up to this how you just don't get a whole lot from the current spring game formats. Yes, it was a little bit different on Saturday with the defense starting with 24 points, offense having to come back with different situations, right? But it's just a spring game against yourself. How much can you truly get from this? Plus, the weather was terrible. We all know that. So, Christian, in your mind, at any position, in any shape or fashion, did we learn anything from A-Day on Saturday? Uh... I think we learned that the offensive line is in a good spot, like the staff has been talking about. I'm sorry, can you say that again? (laughs) 
yeah, the offensive line is in a good spot. Now, the problem is I'm still hesitant about that because maybe the defensive line is weak for Auburn right now. In rainy conditions, it's usually a little bit easier for the offensive line to get going. Um, they were running the ball a ton. So it's – I don't want to take like the, – the biggest takeaway I had from the game was obviously the running backs, and we knew exactly what they were going to be going in, and they were just about as good as we thought they would be. Um, so you feel really good about that room. You have more confidence about the offensive line now. Um, in the secondary, Kay and Lee looked as advertised. Um, you know, everybody's been saying really good things about him. There was a reason Zach Etheridge and Auburn pushed so hard to try and flip him from Ohio State. Um, and it's already paid off, which is, I mean, he'll make an impact as a freshman. And I think Keldrick Falk, I didn't watch the whole game. I was trying to get recruits as they were leaving and whatnot. But I think Keldrick Falk, from what I had seen and heard, also had a pretty solid day. Yeah, speaking of Kay and Lee and Keldrick Falk and Connor Liu, yes, feels yeah. like those three guys as true freshmen are going to play and make an impact in 2023. And those are three guys that were committed to Power 5 schools elsewhere uh, when Hugh Freeze stepped on campus mm-hmm. and he flipped them. And they turned out to be... His three biggest home runs of the class, you could argue, to this point. I mean, we don't know about some of the guys who haven't made it to campus yet. Um, what does that say about Hugh Freeze and this staff and their ability to evaluate ta- talent, make up ground, because they were committed to these other schools for a while, uh, and land instant impact guys? Yeah, definitely make up ground. Um, I mean, I would even give credit to the old staff and some of those position coaches because – you know, they had identified that talent and they had them pretty high on the board um, as well. You know, Connor Lou was a huge target who just, I think he said he just didn't feel comfortable committing to the previous staff, but he was a guy that I know Will Friend wanted really badly. Um, and then, you know, once the new staff came in, he felt comfortable enough to flip to Auburn. Um, Keldrick Falk, it just took a staff change as well. Um, and then Kay and Lee, you know, Zach Etheridge was the consistent there um, and had been recruiting him the whole time. Um, and then, you know, Hugh Freeze kind of closes the deal there at the end. So it was definitely huge. Um, I think Hugh Freeze said after the game that he feels like they kind of hit home runs with all three of those guys. And I agree. Um, when you look at the class, you know, Jeremiah Cobb could definitely be something special. Um, and, you know, some other guys who could be something pretty special as well. But you look at right away immediately as a freshman, at least in terms of early enrollees, there's a path for Connor Lou to play right away. Um, you know, even if he's not a starter, he's going to be in your two deep, um, and he'll have an opportunity to contribute. Um, and if he does start, he's got a chance to start at guard, probably opposite Jeremiah Wright. Um, and the way, you know, I had it explained to me by, um, someone was, you know, you've got Avery Jones there for a year at center. Connor Lou projects long-term as a center. If you, if you started Connor Lou at guard, he can watch Avery Jones, learn from him for a little bit, playing guard for a year get some experience under his belt, and then he shifts over and takes the center role um, in year two. And then Keldrick Falk is just an absolute animal. You, yes. just, you see him in person, and he absolutely looks the part. Um, you know, I think it was the uh, – I mean, he dwarfs the other jacks. I mean, his lower body's so big for a true yeah. freshman. It's scary. Yeah, he just stands out, literally. It was at the I think it was at the All American Bowl, um, twenty four seven sports. We named him like our alpha dog or something like that. Or it was it was something from check in day where it was like he looked the best in terms of like, yeah, he looks the part. Um and I think I, I think in high school he still had some things to learn in terms of 
I don't know how to explain it, but he still had a few things to learn. And all of a sudden, kind of once he started playing against, you know, he played at a low classification at Highland Home. Once he started playing against some of the best um, at that Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, at the All-American Bowl, now at Auburn for spring practice, it really has started to click for him where he is consistently doing it all the time. You see the potential and you see it pretty much all the time. Um, And you feel, you, you know, he kind of had to get thrown into the fire a little bit um, as a freshman in the spring. Um, and, you know, it was it was thrown into the fire, but it was a good opportunity for him. And I think it worked out really well to now you feel pretty comfortable about what you've got there. Yeah, some some really good performances and some big names for Auburn uh, that are on this roster right now that were getting some hype in spring practice before A-Day on Saturday. Look, guys, we knew going into A-Day on Saturday, we weren't going to learn a ton. Even if the weather would be like it is today, bright, sunny, and beautiful, we still weren't going to learn a ton about this Auburn team because it's a spring game. You only want to show so much. It's streamed to the entire world if they want to watch it. And so you don't want to give up too much. And you're really just trying to learn. This is for Hugh Freeze and the staff to see what they've got, but also actually get a practice in because that's what a lot of people forget is it's called the spring game but this is the final practice of the spring and Hugh Freeze talked about it last week in his press conference how he did not want to waste it and lose a day he talks about that quite a bit we do not want to waste a day and that's what the the challenge is for the spring game is how do you make it a successful day and how do you make progress as a practice and as a team during this spring game and so didn't learn a ton uh, but did see some good plays a good throw uh, from Robbie at the quarterback position that's a whole separate conversation but Christian obviously uh, with your focus being on recruiting and the transfer portal with spring practice being over we're getting into that that really create crazy and chaotic point that's coming up in just a few days for you brother so where are we now as spring practice is over when it comes to recruiting for Auburn and the transfer portal for Auburn football yeah in terms of recruiting um you know we didn't see any commitments over the weekend and that's kind of what I said would most likely happen um because these kids they might commit to the staff then but then they want to have a ceremony they want to get their graphics made all that kind of stuff um and so I think we'll see some implications from A-Day over the next couple of weeks in terms of potential commitments. Um, In terms of Transfer Portal, I am just desperately trying to rest up as much as possible because (laughs) once Saturday opens, it's two weeks and a day of absolute chaos. Um, For some unknown reason, I truly don't know why the NCAA moved the Transfer Portal window How do you feel about that? What's the reasoning? I, I wish I knew. I because, really wish I knew. It makes no sense. Because spring games are still happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, th- so, like, like I know of schools that have spring games on like the 29th yes, of April. There are spring games on like the 29th. There's spring games on the 22nd. Um, there's spring games on the 15th. Um, and originally the portal window was open from May 1st to May 15th. Now it opens on Saturday from April 15th to April 30th. And it honestly sucks for the kids, which is probably why the NCAA did it. And it's, I mean, it's. Yes. I love the jab <laughs> at the NCAA. It's, I mean, it's just, I don't know why it opens so early. Auburn honestly got really lucky in the fact that its spring game was an early spring game because A, it led to a lot of recruits being able to go because it didn't overlap with other schools. B, now they have their spring practice out of the way entirely. I'm sure this week is Auburn staff meeting with players. Players get an idea for where they might sit on a depth chart, how much they might be able to play. You know, whether or not they want to stick it out or whether or not they want to leave because Auburn, how, 
no doubt about it, Auburn will have some guys enter the portal this window. Probably more, I don't know about more, but you'll see a decent amount of guys leave this portal. And it comes from, you know, guys, maybe they don't mesh with the new staff. They see the writing on the wall that they're not going to contribute. You know, these aren't, these guys is guys. Right. Um, that was phrased poorly, but these aren't guys that Hugh Freeze and the staff recruited. Um, this isn't their roster necessarily, and they have to kind of make it work. But, I mean, we've already seen it with some guys, Cam Brown, uh, the linebacker, uh, Desmond Tisdall, the other linebacker, um, and we'll see more of that as well. So we'll see Auburn's roster kind of, I guess the best way to say it is trimmed, um, and then from there Auburn will pick up some players at positions that they need. Do we know where Auburn is at right now scholarship-wise, have a rough estimate? Because from friend of of the station here, Justin Ferguson, he has a an article I believe out this morning about the 35 scholarship players on offense. So do we have a good gauge on how many scholarships Auburn sits at right now and what needs to happen to add or cut scholarships? Uh, I should know that, but I don't Man, off the top of my head. Put him on the spot, Carter. Uh, put him on the spot. <laughs> Man, well, to kind of go with that, here we go. I got okay, it. Okay, you got okay. it. Okay. Um, this is what someone told me, so hopefully they're right. So the 83 guys are on scholarship right now, counting the summer enrollees. Um, and then you have two guys in Sean Jackson and Jake Levant, the walk-ons who got scholarships last year, who usually that's a one-year deal, and then they're taken back down to a walk-on. We don't know what will happen with those guys. But that's 83. Um, and so that would be, what, two spots as of right now, and then you'd expect more guys to enter the portal. Let's say – Let's just say for fun, six more guys enter the portal. Then you have eight spots open to go hit the portal, which hmm. you added 12 in the first period. So you would add three quarters of that, 75% of that again in the second window. Right. And and I think to to kind of bring all this together, guys, you, you already said it, Christian. Guys are going to enter the transfer portal. That's just, it's inevitable. Even with a staff that's been there for 15 years to look at Alabama like they will have guys enter the transfer portal more than ever now at the NIL era exactly that's the thing is today's game guys are going to enter the transfer portal college athletes are going to enter the portal but Auburn's Auburn's situation right now is even more unique because it's a new coaching staff and Christian you put it perfectly it's a new staff that most of these players are not theirs and so it's okay if guys transfer out of the program right now. Auburn fans should not worry if guys are entering the transfer portal now. If if this thing opens on Saturday and 20 players enter the portal, okay, then we got a problem. But that's <laughs> not going to happen. Guys are going to enter the portal. It may be more than we're expecting, but Auburn fans, in my opinion, just shouldn't worry because, like you said, in today's game of college football, this is going to happen every single year. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be portal guys um Auburn's in a situation now where guys will want to leave and Auburn will kind of want some guys to leave in all honesty because they have needs um and there's obviously a scholarship cap and so they have to kind of work the roster to the best of their ability that's just the way it goes now they they do have that ability under a first year head coach to you can essentially cut a player right as long as you something the school or somebody's able to pick up the tab for the scholarship that's my understanding that that is a thing correct i'm not sure about that to be honest i couldn't give you an i don't know exactly what that. the timeline is i know lincoln riley did that at usc last year in his first year but i think there is that may depend some, on the state or something too 
I it's an NCAA rule okay. um, that you are allowed to do. I think it's a little bit of there is some wiggle room and some, I guess, situations where Auburn may be able to create a scholarship or two extra if they want to. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll have to look into that some more and see what that does. But Transfer Portal for College Football opens on Saturday. We'll see what Auburn and see who they lose, see who they kind of go after and all that. But Auburn basketball had a nice weekend, too. We'll talk about the big commitment and signee out of the Transfer Portal when we come back, and we'll wrap up hour number one with Christian Clemente of Auburn Undercover here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Couple of more minutes with Christian Clemente of Auburn Undercover and Auburn 247 joining us here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I know it's a busy time for football, but Auburn basketball picked up a huge commitment and signed him over the weekend out of the transfer portal. Denver Jones, the 20 points per game guard who shoots 47% from the field or 45% from the field, 37 from three, right? I think it's like 47. Like he almost hits at a 50% rate from the field. Well, even better then. (laughs) Denver Jones commits and signs with Auburn basketball and Bruce Pearl, a much needed pickup out of the transfer portal for Bruce. Yeah, for a multitude of reasons. Um, You needed scoring. Um, He provides that. You needed three-point shooting. He provides that. You probably needed to get bigger at the two-guard position because we saw what happened when you only had Zeb Jasper and Katie Johnson there. Um, And these bigger guards just kind of, you know, Zeb's a great defender, but you can only do so much about height. If there's a guy that's six inches taller than you, that's going to be a problem. Um, So Denver Jones brings that as a 6'4", two-guard. So he fits a lot of different needs. Um, He might have been Auburn's top portal kind of target or at least – you know, their top portal target there at the guard position. Um, and so now you've got Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson at point. You've got Denver Jones and Katie Johnson at shooting guard, and you feel like your backcourt is pretty well taken care of. You know, Maybe you bring in one more guy or something like that, but you feel pretty good about the backcourt, and you're, you're really glad to get him committed and get him signed on his visit. You know, We saw over the weekend the same thing happened with a couple of other Auburn targets. Um, what's his name? Damian Dunn from Temple. Um, Auburn was trying to host him for a visit. He visits Houston, commits and signs on that visit. Uh, Micah, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, the center transfer from Marshall. He he was supposed to visit this upcoming weekend. He visits Florida this weekend, commits and signs. Um, so that's the way it goes with this portal now. It's I mean, it's very quick, and you do not want to let these kids leave campus yeah. without them committing and without them signing. Um, and so Auburn gets that with Denver Jones, which is great because you know Alabama was interested. Memphis was interested. There were a lot of schools that were interested in him and trying to host him for a visit, but Auburn doesn't let him leave campus without signing. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, honestly, basketball portal is somehow crazier than football portal. It is. (laughs) I think so. I mean, we know there's fewer players on a roster, but it feels like... I feel like it moves at a little bit of a faster rate. Yeah, and, and you may not have the same volume in the portal, but when you look at... Like the ratio to size of rosters, I think it's significantly bigger. I mean, you can turn over, 
Look at LSU last year. Yeah. yeah. Lost LSU everybody. One guy. Yep. <laughs> one guy from the Will Wade team the, the year before. That's yep. it. That's, that's you can basketball. Turn over the man. entire roster. That's basketball. And none of them were the high school commits either because mm. they all left and went elsewhere. Yoan Traor came to Auburn and now he's in the portal looking for somewhere else to go. I don't know. It's going to be, it's, it's, it feels. Do y'all feel it at 247 that it's as chaotic as it feels from the outside? Yeah, it definitely is to an extent. Um, you know, when you talk about basketball recruiting, it's kind of a different animal because there's it's so, so much of a smaller board to where you only have to focus on a couple of guys. Compared to football, you have a bunch of guys at a bunch of different positions. But in the basketball window, I just feel like it's, it's everything is happening at a much quicker rate. Um, and now you're even seeing it with – you know, that kid from Duke who requested his NLI today uh, to be released from it, you know, you're just seeing the portal window and how it's impacting high schoolers, how it's impacting guys deciding to come back or go to the draft or whatever. It just feels like everything is sped up very, very quickly. Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 and Auburn Undercover. I've got one more question, but before that, I want you uh, to have the chance to plug all of your stuff. Uh, you do just such great work, and we're so thankful and glad to have you back in the studio talking all things Auburn football and basketball recruiting. Plug all your stuff, and then I got one more before you get out of here. Okay, you're too kind. Um, it's over at AuburnUndercover.com. We have a bunch of great stuff over there. We have a great team. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at CClemente247. Yeah, well, you guys, again, you guys do a fantastic job. College football transfer portal opens on Saturday. Auburn football, we talked about it. They expect to lose some guys. They expect to gain some guys. Just quickly, what should Auburn fans expect? Uh, expect a lot of movement. There, I mean, we saw, what was it, 12, the first portal window. You're, you're going to see another big chunk of new Auburn players coming in. You're going to see a quarterback. Now, whether that's a Grant Loy type as just a true backup or whether that's you know a true starter that they bring in, will depend on who enters the portal. But no matter what, Auburn's going to get a quarterback. You're going to see movement with this current roster. You know you've got needs at positions. You know you're in the market for a big wide receiver. Um, not necessarily a big-bodied wide receiver, but you need you need a wide receiver one, or you'd like to be able to get one. You still need some offensive linemen. Probably pretty good along the defensive line, uh, but you need some edge rushers over at that jack linebacker spot. Probably need a linebacker or two now that you lost two lost in quotes um and auburn is still in pursuit of another guy in the secondary potentially as well so a lot of roster movement um it'll be interesting i'll say that it's going to be a lot of fun we know you're going to be busy check out christian clemente and his work at auburn undercover that's auburn 247 christian always good to have you in the studio man we appreciate you and your time carter and i will talk all things auburn football and basketball coming up in hour number two is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on what is just a gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. This is our number two of the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Joined with me, as always, is Carter Bird here in hour number two. If you missed any of hour number one, uh, you missed a doozy. I'll tell you that. We had Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 and Auburn Undercover in the studio for the entire first hour talking all things Auburn football and basketball recruiting heavy on the football side with a day over the weekend talked about all the big time uh, recruits that were here over the weekend and uh, the big question that got answered and we got a, a great answer from Christian the difference what the biggest differences are right now between what Hugh Freeze and this staff are doing on the recruiting trail versus what we've seen over the past two uh, regimes over the past 10 years here at Auburn University so if you missed any of our number one uh, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast you missed a great hour talking Auburn football recruiting as the transfer portal approaches on Saturday we talked about that as well expectations for Auburn fans uh, for Auburn football in the transfer portal and also talked a little Auburn basketball as well so if you missed any of that from the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it in a couple of different places, ESPNAU.com. You can click on the podcast center, commercial free. That's where it'll be right after the show. Or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Again, Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 joined us in hour number one. Uh, the recruiting guru, I call him, because he is one of the best, if not the best, in the business covering recruiting here on the Plains. But here in hour number two, we'll recap what Christian had to say we'll react to what he had to say about what a day meant for Auburn football this past Saturday what Auburn fans can expect coming up with recruiting and the transfer portal coming up we'll talk Denver Jones the commitment and signee for Auburn basketball and uh, address a lot of the other stuff going on in the world of sports because it is a busy busy time as we get to the month of April but phone lines are open here in hour number two we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334 3 321-1390. You can call in, uh, talk about football recruiting, talk about A-Day. Uh, if you got to hear what Christian had to say, what do you think? Did it make you feel better, make you feel even better, maybe worse about what Auburn football is doing right now with recruiting and the transfer portal? We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. 334-321-1390. You can also tweet at us at ESPN1067 on Twitter. But Carter, just to start us off here in hour number two, your just your takeaways on what Christian had to say in that first hour and again we we highly recommend after the show uh listeners go and catch up with that if they were to miss that but just your takeaways on what Christian had to say on what was a huge weekend in Auburn football recruiting yeah I mean I I think the message is that look Hugh Freeze and the staff they are um as aggressive as can be and I don't think necessarily I think we've seen seen the seeds planted. I don't think we've seen it um, come to harvest or bloom, or we've seen that happen yet. It's going to happen. It's going to go better than we probably ever could have imagined. Um, but right now, I think you it's a little bit of a waiting game. It's trying to build some momentum. When is this next domino going to fall, and could we see just a cascade of dominoes fall immediately after um, the next one? And, and I think that 
weekends like this past weekend, despite the rain. It's huge for Auburn to put these kids in the new football facility, to get that FaceTime with the staff, specifically Hugh Freeze, to see the offense, to see the scheme, to know how they're going to, to see the defense and the scheme, to see how they're going to fit in. It's all so very, very important. Well, somebody said it late last week, and, and for the life of me, I can't remember who said it, but it's like Hugh Freeze is setting the table right now, right? He is setting the table. The staff is setting the table, and all that's left to do is for dinner to be served, and that is to get guys to commit and get them to come to Auburn. And I think that's a good way to put it, your your analogy of planting seeds, and all you got to do is water the sucker and let it grow. I mean, we're right there, too, with, with Auburn football recruiting. Yes, they are behind. Christian said that in the first hour. Auburn's behind in 2024. I mean, they are. And Hugh has said that. Mm-hmm. Hugh said that as soon as on signing day, he was still talking about it, we're, we're still behind, and he's talking about that 24 class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they started behind when they came in. I mean, this yeah. this class was in horrible shape. We know that. And so what Hugh Freeze and this staff have done already is really remarkable. No, the commitment and signee list is not, and I said this back in the first hour too, not that it's the most craziest thing you've ever seen, but just look at the list of guys that were on campus this weekend, man. There were so many players on campus even in the pouring down rain 40 degree temperatures just an ugly day here in Auburn there were the biggest names in the state of Alabama and some of the biggest names in the southeast were in Auburn on Saturday for a day on campus something we haven't been able to say over the past couple of years and I think that's why you are seeing the results that you're seeing already and that's why I think you will see the results that are to come down the road because we talk about this all the time the selling point for Auburn is Auburn you sell Auburn on what it is and if you get these guys to campus you have a really good shot to land them and that is exactly what Hugh Freeze and this staff did on Saturday did we learn a whole lot from the game itself (laughs) no not really we we just didn't I mean it was a 60 minute running clock in the pouring down rain the quarterbacks threw it what less than 15 times I mean it just didn't we didn't get a whole lot from the spring game but we didn't think we were going to and you can we can talk about that down the road about if the spring game we had that conversation but should the spring game be changed played against another team I think you should get rid of it altogether but you just didn't learn a whole lot from the spring game but it wasn't even about that honestly it it really it really wasn't this was a recruiting pitch a recruiting day Mm -hmm. this was almost another like you know one of those days that these schools have where you just bring down as many possible players as you can and you bring them on campus and you show them a little bit you show them the stadium right you show them the locker room you show them the facility Mm -hmm. uh you you do all of those things to to show them we want you here at Auburn and Christian talked about how there was a meeting with most of the recruits before the game started in the locker room a closed door meeting with Hugh Freeze uh who knows what was said in that meeting but just to to tell them hey we're glad you're here we want you here this is what we're building and you can be a part of it so uh, it sounds like Saturday while the results on the field may not be what we wanted to see uh the recruiting the the news coming out of recruiting seems to be just on fire right now yeah I mean it's just it's person after person guy after guy coming on campus and and just raving about Auburn and the staff and how they 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 weren't going to be um 
I guess Auburn was not supposed to be a threat in their recruitment and now how they are because this staff is just so relentless and they're getting after each and every kid and they're they're not settling. They're they're going after the biggest names in the country uh, and they're making progress. And now it's it's about can these guys can they seal it? Can they finish it? And I think that that is um I think it's going to happen. We just haven't seen it a bunch yet. We've only seen it with Walker White and, I guess, Fat Burnett. But Fat, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think Fat wanted to be at Auburn more than... I think Fat took less convincing because of his relationship with Cadillac Williams. Which we know that Cadillac has just been one of the best recruiters for Auburn. I mean, there's there's not many guys that can recruit Auburn better than him and know Auburn better than him and know what it's like to be a player at Auburn better than him. Uh, but Walker White, and, and I tweeted about this yesterday, this guy is just relentless. I mean, he is getting, I think you said this earlier too, Carter, he may be getting to the point with some of these players that he might be a little annoying at times because he's he recruiting be Auburn so heavy. He might be coming on strong. But you, know, you like love you... that. I mean, you you got to respect the guy that's not even on campus yet, just a quarterback commit for Auburn that won't shut up about Auburn. I mean, hey, that's that's great. I love a quarterback that's not afraid to throw Hail Marys already. There you go. He's not Absolutely. even on campus. I mean, he's That's right. He's he's going for the home run ball every single time with every every recruit uh that Auburn's after. And I love it. You got to love it. And I mean, he is he is the best player recruiter I've seen I mean, maybe ever. I mean, this guy, you just don't see this too often. We've seen it a few times in the past but this guy is relentless and we don't know what he's going to be at on the field at the quarterback position at the college level we expect him to be pretty good I mean this kid can really sling it if you watch his play on the field but you just cannot overlook what he's doing in recruiting and this is what I I termed as free recruiting for Auburn that's what this is this is totally free recruiting for Hugh Freeze and this staff to have a guy like Walker White who loves Auburn, who loves the staff, who loves the program, and he loves it so much. And I've said this, he's so confident in Auburn football, in the future of Auburn football, that not only has he trusted his future and his football career with Hugh Freeze and this staff and this program and this university, he trusted so much that not only has he put his own future in the hands of Auburn, he is trying to put the futures of so many players across the country in the hands of Auburn football as well. And that takes a high level of trust, a high level of Mm -hmm. risk as well. But he knows what he's doing. And I think that speaks volumes to Walker White, his maturity, and what Hugh Freeze and Auburn are doing right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that that the fact, and look, I mean, when we look forward in recruiting, getting your high-level quarterback that's the face of the class is so, so critical to do it early. That's why, honestly, I would I'd rather take a, a a Walker White right now over a five star guy that wants to wait until signing day because you don't really get to build around that five star over the course of the class, which is totally fair. And uh, again, you're getting that free recruiting from Walker White from other guys as well, Fat Burnett and a couple of other players that are committed to Auburn. You're getting that free recruiting from your players, and that and there is no 
There are no rules about uh, a commit, a high school player getting the phone number of a player in Louisiana or Arkansas or wherever and saying, hey, man, hope to see you on, on A-Day or whatever. Or, hey, let's, you know, let's link up in Auburn. How fun could it be to, for me to throw the football to you or whatever it may be? And so uh, Auburn benefiting from the free recruiting right now. I'll tell you what, we've got Ty the Tiger on the phone lines. Let's take an early break. I want him to have plenty of time to say what he's going to say. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Ty, hold on. We're going to get to you when we come back. We'd love to hear from our listeners as well. 334-321-1390. Ty, you'll be first up when we come back. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Well, let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Ty the Tiger, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey. What's going on, guys? Oh, not hey, much, Ty, brother. What you, you got? Man, y'all make a boy feel special. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I took an early break for you, Ty. You're welcome. I know, man. I heard it, man. I was like, dang, I, I didn't have anything that good, man. I got to think about all the little things. <laughs> and I gave you time to think about it, man. Yep, yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's think. Let's talk about it then. Okay. Number one. Number one. Number forty-four. That boy gonna make somebody transfer, man. That that boy. <laughs> that dude. <laughs> that dude was running the ball. Hey, he looked good. Yes. He looked real good. Um, he looked like a little Cam Petway, a little smaller, but at the same time, the way, I mean, he just a little bowling ball back there. I mean, he's going to be a good little change of pace, uh, you know, deep in the third quarter when we need some just legs turning. I like him. Yeah, no, there's um, no doubt. Sean Jackson, I mean, he, he is, he's yeah. one of those, and you know, he is, he was a walk-on that has, uh, that has that scholarship yeah. now. Yeah, he's from Trustful. He was the, the, he split time in high school with, um, Armani Goodwin, the LSU running back, the former Auburn commit, who was a stud at Hewitt. Dude, and he, I mean, he's talking about putting me in the game, coach. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he is. Uh, he 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 had a good audition. Um, I like Robbie. Robbie had the prettiest ball today. I mean, nobody could throw anything. Um, you know, but Robbie dumped one in there right between two defenders. I mean, I know that that wasn't even that great, but at the same time, just made me feel better about Robbie and I think with this offense you could tell you know I know um you know look that's a good kid right there Robbie y'all see his comment I think it was today or yesterday about he was trying to say you know he's like well I just feel a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. in this offense and he really tried not to throw shade on Harson, but he did but he just he just, you know, but he apologized for it even when he did it. Yeah, you know? I mean, I truth is the it. truth, though. I mean, if you're more comfortable in a better offense, I mean, there's there's no shame in that. Well, again, Hugh's going to run that RPO um, even when he ain't got a running quarterback. So, I mean, you know, that's just his been his MO. And, and, and man, he's going to – man, I think the kid's going to be an athlete. Is he going to be a great quarterback this year? I don't know. We're going to see that, but is he going to be an athlete that's going to run and chunk the ball up and down the field and score points? That is 100% going to happen, dude. I don't think there's any doubt. I think uh, we go into the season. I don't know if TJ going to be on the roster. Unless we pick up somebody that's going to come in there and light it up, dude, I don't see how Robbie is not going to not only be better, but be our starting quarterback um, starting off. So um, I, I think mean, that's but fair I, right know, now. I mean, he he looked the best 
when healthy, went out there in spring practice. He was close enough passing the ball, I think, to the other two. And then when you you know what he brings with his legs, I think if you were looking at the room right now, he's got your best chance to be the starter in 23. If you're going to do a betting odds on it, he'd be your favorite for sure. I mean, it has to be. He gives you the better chance to win with the most options with the most playbook right now. And I mean, I still um, think Auburn's I, going to try to go get somebody who's a step up, somebody who can come in and be potentially, rather than this being a seven, maybe eight win team, maybe this becomes an eight, maybe nine win team, nine plus win team um, with an upgraded quarterback. And I think Auburn's going to look into that for sure when the portal opens here in four days. I mean, see, I, I think I think depending on who, what clicks and how good it clicks for Robbie, it could be it could be that season, uh, just that special season with that uh, the, a certain coach. I mean, you you just look at what she's done with Malik and all that, and I'm not saying that Robbie's on Malik's level at mm-hmm. all, but at the same time, just that transformation of being in somebody else's care and hands. I mean, right. you know, I've, I've, you know, just the, just the example I've always talked with y'all guys about, I always look at it when a coach is, is like a parent. I don't ever get mad at the player. I look at the coach. You know, I don't get mad at the child. I look at the parent and how the parent parents. That's fair. That's how the coach is coaching. And, 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 you know, you're a direct uh, product on the field of that. You know, you, that's that reflects on you, whether you're put in good situations. I think Robbie's going to put in a – a lot of good situations. Anyway, sorry guys, but and and, and second thing, man, just to, to for uh, I'm totally switch it up here because this is what I originally called about. How about your boy Bruce go went out there and got him a a baller, didn't he? There you go. There you go. Yes, he did. He got he picked up a huge huge player, Denver Jones, out of that transfer portal, scored 20 points he a did. game, and that dude. Hey, you know what he can do, Ty? He can shoot the basketball, man. Bruh, if you ain't hey, look, it's one thing to look at it and say, okay, six four, two ten, uh, you know, forty percent from three and all that. You ain't gonna look at the boys' highlights, man. You, you hey, he got a baller. Uh, <laughs> he got a he got a good good basketball player. Mm-hmm. You're right about That's that with him and, and Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway, man. That the backcourt just took a major upgrade for Bruce Pearl and Auburn basketball. Yep, I, I think he. I think Trey's gonna get a little bit better. I think, um, man, I, I yeah, I think we're gonna be solid next year. We really are, man. Hey, good listening, y'all, man. As always, War Eagle. Appreciate the Appreciate call, it. Ty. Appreciate that, man. It's always good to hear from you. That is Ty the Tiger joining us on the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll start with basketball. We'll kind of work our way back to football a little bit. Yeah, Denver Jones, man. I mean, just a just an unbelievable player that Auburn picked up. Scores over twenty points a game. He can shoot the rock. That's what I just told Ty. I mean, this guy can shoot. He can shoot the basketball very, very effectively from two-point mm-hmm. range, three-point range, and the free-throw line, and he's got some size. This is everything Auburn was looking for in a transfer portal guard. Yeah. This I is mean, it. This is somebody who can shoot a little bit, somebody who uh, has been a high-level scorer at the Division One level at Florida International. I mean, he scored 20 points a game. Um, I think he complements Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway well. Um, and I think depending on how things shake out with what Auburn adds around him, um, I think it could be a great addition. I think this this roster could look really different, but really, really good moving forward 
uh, in this 23-24 season. Yeah, and you, you again, you just you go get that guy that we've all talked about. Our callers have talked about it. Listeners talked about it. Auburn has to go get what? They have to get a guard that has some size, that can make plays, and can shoot the basketball. Well, guess what? That's what Denver Jones is. That's what he does at the D1 level. He is that dude, and he is very, very good. Now, something I've seen is people have raised the question, okay, he played at Florida International. What is the... What's the talent like that he's playing against, right? A legitimate question when you come from FIU, a smaller Division I school. Yes, they play against smaller schools, but they've played against bigger schools this year. They played against NC State. They played against UAB. They played against, uh, again, UAB multiple times. Uh, You have Western Kentucky, who was good. How about FAU, who they only lost to by four in overtime? Do you remember who FAU is? Yeah, the historic run to the Final Four. So, This is a team in FIU that, no, their record wasn't good, but Denver Jones balled out every single time, and they do have bigger teams on their schedule. I'm not worried about him stepping up, playing better talent in the SEC in a power, what, six conference in college basketball? I'm not worried about that with Denver Jones because talent and skill speaks for itself. He will dominate on any level he plays, and Bruce Pearl got a big one. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm looking at his his Kimpom numbers. I mean, it's... I mean, he's a great player. I mean, he's he's got a great true shooting percentage at 60.7%. Uh, that's top 150 of players in the country this past year. Uh, he's great at the free throw line. Top 130 in the country at almost 85%. Uh, and I'll take the 36.9% from deep, 37%. That'll do at Auburn with the fact that Auburn – is such a bad three-point shooting team, or at least this past year they were. Yeah, and with with a guard, I've always said this, there are many takes that I have on guards. I think as a point guard, your assist-to-turnover ratio should be 2-1. to one. I think that is standard for a good point guard. Uh, that's what I look at first and foremost. I also, from the guard position in general, 1-2, possibly a 3, a bigger 3, there is no excuse, in my opinion, at the college level and above, There is no excuse for a guard to miss free throws consistently. A guard should shoot 80% or more from the free throw line. And I don't think that's too tall of an ask. I really don't. I don't think that's too much of an ask for a guard at the college level to shoot 80% from the the free throw line. And Denver Jones does that. He's tall. And so that's a big thing that uh, I know Terry, one of our uh, very... A very loyal listeners and callers has talked about you've got to have size and Ed has brought that up as well multiple times about you've got to have some size at the guard position given where the game of college basketball is nowadays where Bruce Pearl may not be able to go and get the smallest guy on the floor and make him the best guy on the floor like we've seen with Jared Harper, Sharif Cooper who he tried to do with Wendell Green who at times was the best guy on the floor. It's time for Auburn to go get bigger guards because that's where the game of basketball is. I mean, there are six, five, six, six point guards running around, folks. You can't have a five nine guy go up against the six six guy and expect good things to happen. It's just not it's not pleasable. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. And so this is a great plug and chug guy. Denver Jones will be a day one starter. He will do 
what you need him to do. He takes Auburn to the next level in the backcourt. Still work to be done, though, in the transfer portal, I think, for Auburn. And also some news from Auburn basketball that we can talk about on the other side of the break. I know the music's about to bump us out of here. But Denver Jones, huge pickup for Auburn. Basketball over the weekend on what was a very busy weekend in recruiting for Auburn football. We'll talk about that Auburn basketball news when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. More of us when we come back. Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins, joined as always with Carter Bird here on ESPN 106.7. Let's get back to the phone lines, though. 334-321-1390. Terry, you must have heard me shout you out on the air. That's why you called in, right? I've been listening, but I must have missed it. I'm sorry, Jacob. Oh, that's okay. Well, I gave you credit, if that's worth anything. I gave you credit about uh, about your takes on Auburn having to go get a big point guard, and uh, they picked one up over the weekend, man. Well, it's a, more, more of a two-guard. Well, cu- yeah, yeah two-guard. But Well, I, think gonna, I don't want to comment on this too much because I called about football, but I'm going to say this. I think this time next year you guys, along with all of you, are going to realize just how much of a detriment Wendell Green was to this basketball team. And you feel like a butterfly to sing like a bee when it's all said and done, I'll be three for three. Well, <laughs> and you will let the world know about it, Terry. I have full faith sure in that. Um, something I want to bring up with Robbie Ashford, guys. Okay. Uh, is, is it fairly possible in your guys' minds that the, they could bring a guy in and redshirt Robbie to get him a year more prepared? I think Robbie's, is that fairly possible? Has, Robbie's already redshirted. I think I, you if did. I have yeah. that, I think, okay. If I have that right. I think he already no, did. I think he redshirted at Oregon, but I can, I'm, I'm going to double-check okay. that for you. Or could they sit in behind somebody for a year and, you know, not to have – the last thing I would want, and this may sound kind of strange, but, but the last thing I'd want is to him have a Gus Miles on top first year where he raises expectations and you find out he's really an 8-3 and three coach. Yeah, which is fair. I think – and this may be kind of a hot take as we sit here in the middle of April, but I think for and – and I'll stand by this – I think for Robbie Ashford – it is now or never for his career at Auburn. I think it has to be this year, or I just don't think Robbie's the guy because here's why I say that. If Here Auburn brings in right, if Auburn brings in a transfer quarterback now and Robbie is the so called two or the backup when fall rolls around and we get into fall practice and the season starts, then you've got Walker White coming in. Who knows who else Hugh Freeze is going to pull in the transfer portal or on the recruiting trail at the quarterback position. And so I just don't know if Robbie's going to have the time to continue to get better because, look, he's got to get better. There's no doubt. Robbie Ashford has to improve, but he's also dealing with injury and has been for a while now. And so uh, I'll stand by that, Terry. I think for Robbie Ashford and his career at Auburn, he has to be the starter this year, or I just don't think it happens for him. Well, that begs the question, would he be willing to switch positions? Because I would simply say he's a wide receiver caught in a quarterback's body. Probably not at the college level, I don't think. I think he would like to go somewhere where he could play quarterback. Now, if he were to get to the next level somehow, maybe. Just curious. I'm just curious about that because I don't think he's going to win the job outright in the future with the talent uh, Coach Freeze is bringing in. I mean, I, I, I do think that, well, I think it's likely Auburn at that point will have some sort of transfer quarterback that could make an impact uh, in the 24 season. 
I, I don't want to put too much on the shoulders of what would be a true freshman quarterback in Walker White to walk in and win the job. I think that um, there is something to be said for letting a guy develop a little bit rather than throwing him uh, into the fire. You you see when it has a couple times stunted some guy's development in the NFL, uh, I think you've seen it happen at Auburn as well. I mean, you, you've seen some guys struggle to – to develop in their Auburn career um, by getting thrown out there so quickly. Well, Cardi got a guy on campus right now at Auburn that didn't start at Auburn, but he was thrown in the, in the fire at LSU, and it, it don't know if he ever panned out or not, but he certainly certainly didn't do him any good. Right? Yeah, I agree. I 100 percent agree. So um, we'll see because he is definitely going to keep upgrading the talent. Isn't it nice to talk about that? Isn't it? Yes. Isn't it nice? And that's what I said. Yeah. I don't know if you were listening in the first hour when we had we had Christian on earlier, and that's what I said. I was like, "Isn't it nice that we can talk about the strengths of Auburn football, and that we can talk about how they continue to get better and they're upgrading at certain positions?" Jacob, isn't nice that they can actually discuss there is a strength. Yeah, exactly. And one of those strengths is the offensive line, Terry. And how long since we said that? A decade, at least. It's been, yeah, I mean, it, you can make an argument a little bit in 17, but 13 would be the, the last, 13 and 14, I guess there's some remnants of that 13 offensive line on the 14 mm-hmm. team, uh, but yeah, you would have right. to go back to around then. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Terry. it, Terry. Good to hear from you, man. That's Terry joining us on the phone lines as one of our listeners. And again, we'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. And yeah, I think that's something that has to be stressed. And I think most Auburn fans are realizing whether they are truly accepting it or if it's just subconsciously that we're talking about Auburn football in a really positive light right now. And and Carter, I know you weren't with me this time a year ago, uh, but I was here and there wasn't a whole lot of good stuff going on. Let's just be honest. I mean, there's just not there was not a whole lot of good to talk about. And we tried to make it sound better than it was to convince ourselves that it was better than it was and it just wasn't and now we can tell look there's a long way to go with this and I think that is very important for us to to acknowledge the fact that this is not a national championship team and program right now it's just not can it get there absolutely is Hugh Freeze doing the things that it takes to get to that point no doubt about it but there's a long way to go this is not a 10-win football Mm -hmm. team right now and if you were to throw this roster on a field with another roster in the SEC, game in and game out, you're looking at six or seven wins probably. And that's okay given what this roster looked like when this staff showed up. But they're doing the right things, and they're doing it in a manner that we just haven't seen in a long, long time with Auburn football. And that's what's so refreshing for us to talk about and what we hope is refreshing for our listeners as well because there are good things going on at Auburn football. There are good things happening in the building over there. And yes, there's a long way to go, but there's just a lot of good things happening right now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the more positive um, times I can recall of Auburn football in recent years. I mean, you had 2019, the the Alabama game went in that, and that's you had a good season that year. Yeah, both uh, freshman 17, year, right? 17, you had a really good year, and then 13 and 10, you had great years because you went to the national championship game. Um, before that, I mean, you had some solid years with, with Tuberville going back to 04 where you had uh, – I mean, I, I think you can make a very strong argument that that may be the best 
Auburn team potentially of all time. Maybe not. I mean, but it's it's the best one of the last 25 years. Um, and I, I, I think that coming off a five and seven year, things are about as positive as they could be. Now, I'm, I'm not expecting this team to have a Gus Malzahn jump from 2012 to 2013. I'm not expecting this team to play for a national championship. That's not going to happen. The flaws are too great on the roster. Talent still has to be acquired and stacked up, and or you have to go get a really, really, really enormous, dynamic dif- difference maker at the quarterback position. And I think the the differential in the SEC in college football right now is greater than it was in 2013. I mean, 100%. The, There's the, more talent in the league than there was in 13, yeah. and the top end of the conference is so vastly more talented than we've ever seen. Which makes it tough for for Hugh Freeze to have that magical first year like we saw with Gus Malzahn. And I don't think any Auburn fans should expect that. I hope they're not because there are there are some problems on this roster. And those some of those will be addressed. You hope they're successful in all of those being addressed in the transfer portal. And hopefully this team continues to get bigger, stronger, better over the summer in their own individual workouts now that we are out of the spring and uh, no official practice is going on until we get to the fall. But good things are happening and I think yes. that's it, it should be and it's crazy when you said that just a second ago you said coming off a five and seven year it just doesn't feel like we're coming off a five and seven year exactly for Auburn. because it's so positive right I mean I, I remember 2013 and you're coming off the worst year in modern Auburn history since almost since the since the Ford Pass yeah, in, in our lifetimes. <laughs> and you came off that, you weren't thinking, like, vibes were not this high at this point. You had some hope. You're like, oh, like, Nick Marshall might come in this this May and win the job, I guess. I guess. Sure enough, he did. And he led that team that and that offense. You had some hope, but not not to this level. And while... I'm not saying that this hope means that you're going to have the same result immediately. I think you've got a coach that understands how to build something to last. Something that has a foundation that is strong. Something that can um, withstand years and years and years and can sustain itself, which I don't think you had with Gus Malzahn. And it's completely different from what we've seen from how Gus Malzahn did it when he first got here and how Brian Harson did it when he first got here. And I'll admit, look, when Harson walked in the door and nobody knew his name, when when the hire was made, everybody, and I mean everybody, said, wait, who? He walked in the door and he brought the nose to the, to the grinder, we're going to eat, sleep, breathe, and talk football, and we're going to instill discipline and all this stuff to his hard nose we're gonna get it done I liked that mentality it was different it's something that hadn't been here turns out he was a lot of talk and it just didn't just, just work out it. just say it Brian Harson was a fraud there Brian Harson is a fraud Brian Harson is not a good football coach he and everything all of his success has been 
handed to him and served up on a platter. And I think he got really arrogant as a result. I mean, look, that's the program Chris Peterson built at Boise that he took over. And it slowly got worse with him. But it was good enough to get him the Auburn job before Boise State. He goes to Arkansas State, where that's the program Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn built up for him. Yeah, he had some success there. He's not that special of a coach. And he was arrogant enough to believe that he was. And he didn't know. He wasn't humble enough to put to realize and adapt his strategy, how he operated to fit a Power 5 league, much less the SEC, where you've got to, you've got to recruit. You've got to give the most effort of any you you it's 24/7. Hugh Freeze has done that at a tough place to win and won. And now he's hungry to get back and that's what you're seeing. You're 100% right. You're absolutely right. And where I was going with that is Harson brought in that mentality. We didn't quite know that it was more of a of a blinder that he had up where he just neglected to recruit and do the things that it took to be successful at the time I thought it was a new and refreshing take and at the time with everything going on behind the scenes where that was screaming pretty loud I liked that mentality and I thought it could work turns out it didn't and turns out a lot of the things he said did not end up happening and it is what it is where I'm going with this is now we're into a new era with Hugh Freeze we had a new era with Gus Malzahn We had a new era with Brian Harson. We now have a new era with Hugh Freeze. And this is different than both of those when those guys were hired. This is a completely different transition. It's a completely different effort. And it's a completely different vibe right now around this Auburn football program, around the university, around the town, around the state. Mm -hmm. It's a different feel. And it's a different mindset. It's a different strategy than what we've seen at Auburn in years. And sure, there's a long way to go. There's a lot to be done here. But I think what you and I are getting at here, Carter, is we can see what this could potentially be. There's a lot of work to be done. And guess what? You still got to win on the football field. You still got to win on the football field. And yes, it takes time. So there's a lot that has to be done. But I think we're able to see where this could be going. And the fact that seems like they're doing things the right way on the back end to make sure that those possibilities remain in the picture for Auburn. Yeah, 100%. And I think when you look at, you got to let the the concrete of the foundation, it's got to dry. It's got to solidify. You can't, you can't build the house. You can't try to, to go all the way in year one or year two when it's if you don't have the solid foundation, and I think that's what's being set right now, there will be positive steps forward in 23. But I think it's foolish at this point in time if you're going into 23 with the expectation of Auburn's going to go win 10 games and Auburn's going to win the Iron Bowl or something like that. you you got to be a little patient here. And if you're patient and you let it develop, you let the foundation set – Something really special could be in the works on the planes right now. Absolutely. I agree 100%. We got to get to our final break here 
in hour number two. We'll come back. We'll wrap all this up with football and basketball as well. Cardi, you did the dirty work. You did some research on Denver Jones over there. We'll talk about that. Wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with Carter Bird here on ESPN 106.7. Got a couple of more minutes. We'll get back to basketball because we were talking about Denver Jones, of course, the uh, big signee over the weekend out of the transfer portal from FIU and a question I've seen uh, be brought up from the Twitterverse and Auburn Twitter if you will is what was the competition like where Denver Jones was averaging 20 points a game four rebounds a game two steals a game two assists shooting 48 percent from the field 85 percent from the free throw line and 37 percent from three Carter you did uh, as our analytics guy here on on the line you did the research on his statistics against what tournament teams this year this is ncaa tournament and nit teams the the okay. two bigger because i mean when, when you're playing in a mid-major conference like conference usa there's some good teams that won't make the tournament and that's why i included uab and north texas in this who according to jack hutton north texas should have been in the tournament yes and those two teams played for the championship of the nit so i think it's they're worthy of being included in this. He played nine games against those teams, and I just did points per game because I was curious to see if he could sustain um, his points per game against tournament teams. But it's UAB, North Texas, FAU, NC State, and Howard are the five teams that he he played that went on to play in the NCAA, NCAA tournament or the NIT against those teams he averaged 19.44 points per game. So that's still pretty daggum good. And uh, I think against UAB, the first game, I think against UAB, he dropped 33, five, 33 points, five rebounds, four assists, and had three steals. He And I think this is a product of he is one of the biggest usage players in the country. Uh, like He had to do so much for this team in terms of having the ball in his hands, um, he did have a lot of turnovers. That is one thing that is a little bit concerning. He had three, four, five, six turnovers in a lot of those nine games. Average three on the um, season in total. Yeah. I think you put him on a team with better talent around him where maybe he's not – teams can't just key on him because he's by far the best player on his team. I think you'll see that dramatically come down. No doubt. No doubt. He's from Newmarket, Alabama, 6'4", 195 pounds. This guy can play. And Bruce Pearl went and got a dude out of the transfer portal who can come in and be an immediate starter at the guard position. He will more than likely be that two guard uh, at 6'4". He, he can handle the basketball. As you mentioned, he was the go-to guy for FIU. He handled the basketball more than anybody. And so he is comfortable doing that and so big news from that uh, for Bruce Pearl also the other news over the weekend for Auburn basketball is assistant coach uh, Wes Flanagan heading to or leaving Auburn and heading to Ole Miss to be a part of the new staff and the new head coach over there Chris Beard I don't think it's shocking I don't think it's shocking at all Um, I think this is something that if you kind of 
had your ear to the ground and read the tea leaves, this was coming. And I think with this, and this is my speculation, I don't expect Alan Flanagan to be a part of this basketball team next season. Whether he's, I think, him returning to Auburn is the third most likely option of his three, which are Tesla Waters GoPro, try to make it in the G League or internationally. Uh, I don't think he's going to get drafted. Or the other option is go to Ole Miss. And I think those two are more likely than him returning to Auburn right now. Which has been sort of a feel before the West Flanagan news came out and was official. Um, that Flanagan could be, he was one of those 50-50 guys on whether we thought he was going to stay or go. And I'm, I'm with you, partner. I think that the fact that his dad is now gone and at Ole Miss, I don't know if Allen will go there or not, but I just don't think Allen Flanagan will be on this Auburn basketball roster next year, which gives Bruce Pearl and this staff another roster spot to fill, another scholarship spot to fill. And they're going to do it, I promise. They're going to do it, and let's just be honest, for most of what his career has been, yes, it's been injury, Auburn has a good chance to upgrade at that spot. And I think they will. There are still some big, big names in the transfer portal. We talked about the competitiveness of the NCAA basketball transfer portal, but Bruce Pearl has a lot to offer down here on the Plains, and good things are happening with Auburn basketball and with Auburn football and recruiting with the transfer portal for football opening up on Saturday. So tune in all this week. We'll continue talking about that and what football could do in the transfer portal, but we are out of time here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Come back tomorrow 2-4 right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.